Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 161 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helperton, and who's running around with dinosaurs humming the Jurassic Park theme song with me tonight? <laughs> Hi, Dominic Chikoki. I've been here before. Not in Many this times. iteration, but in similar ones. And where can people find you at, Dominic? Oh, of course, yes. I am my there's my podcast, Descent Ways, on YouTube. You can just search Descent Ways on YouTube to find that. I'm on the Overboard Facebook group. You know, just stuff like that. Okay. Hi, I'm Alyssa, and you can find me on Instagram at Alyssa Billy. All right, and you do a bunch of perler artwork on there too. Yes, I am a perler bead artist on there. <laughs> That's cool. Wish I happen to have one of her pieces at here somewhere. But <laughs> is it Star Fox? No, it's not. It's Yu Yu show. Okay, that's acceptable. I have a Star Fox piece that I'll be doing eventually. <laughs> I just started watching Yu Yu show. Good show. Just stop when you get done with the Dark Tournament. I'll probably finish it. It's worth finishing. It just it, it has a real high with the Dark Tournament, and it's just not eh, not as good after that. But it's a really good show. <laughs> you, know, you know, sometimes you just have things where you know they just go on too long when they should end. You know how that goes. Oh sometimes. yeah, absolutely. It never happened with games, right? So, Alyssa, this was your pick. Because you were the one that when we had we, we used to work together and you were like, hey, you need to play this game. And I put it on the show and I am happy and regretted it at the same time. And what is that <laughs> game that we're talking about today, Alyssa? Star Fox Adventures. It was released in 2002 and it's a pretty good game. I'm glad that you added it to your show. <laughs> pretty good. Most of the game is really good. It's it. yeah, it's interesting. It's like. It's not it's not a B game in the way like B games like Deadly Premonition are B games. It's a B game and like it gets a solid B in like a school grade scale. Like I can agree with that. I mean, so it's made by Rare, published by Nintendo. I have never played it before. This is my first time ever. Like I had I own a copy of this game. I've been meaning to play it for years. I just never because there's always so much hate that follows this game. There's a lot of people who really shit on this game. There's a lot of people yes. who really love this game, too. Yes. Yeah. Like, I could not believe the amount of people that love this game. <laughs> when I started asking for questions, we'll get to near the end. There were a lot of people that came out of the woodwork and were like, this game is amazing. And my question is, have you played it since 2002? <laughs> I bought this at a Toys R Us probably around 2002, 2003. And at some point I sold it because when I agreed to do this, I realized it wasn't in my collection. Aww. So I went out and grabbed a disc. Like I went to the game store and they had a disc in a blank case. And I'm like, I'll take it. It wasn't expensive, was it? $15. Oh, okay. That's way better than what Graffiti Kingdom was, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this game wasn't originally supposed to be a GameCube game. This was originally supposed to be a N64 game that had nothing to do with Star Fox until all of a sudden they decided that Star Fox should be in it. Or Shigeru Miyamoto decided Star Fox should be in it for some reason. <laughs> I always wonder if that was like some weird control thing because, you know, Conker's Bad Fur Day went the way that it did. You know, so it could like, be. They're like, well, let's have them do something that we're happy with, but we're still going to like let the buyout from Microsoft happen. But like, what if we just told them to put Star Fox in it? And this is also their last game they made for Nintendo before they went to Microsoft. Yeah. Not the last game they made with Nintendo oh, necessarily. Oh, but like, before they, when they were still, yes. before they were bought out. Yes. What game they make from Nintendo later on? All the Game Boy Advance banjo games. Oh, uh, okay. Diddy Kong Racing oh. on DS. <laughs> I've never played. I don't. I'm my handheld library is small what I played over the years so far. <laughs> yeah, the banjo is like banjo pilot and then banjo like Gratilda's Lair or something like that. No, yeah. or Grunty's Revenge. Revenge something yes. like that. Yeah. I've seen them, but I've never 
played them or bought them or have any interest in them, but I know they exist. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Banjo. I played the first one a very long time ago on the show, and that was good enough. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Not a good game, but <laughs> I'm not a fan of Rare's Collectathons. I can say Maybe that. This is one of them. Yeah, this wasn't too bad, though, for collecting. Eh, have you seen the UI, though? <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind it. The UI literally has like eight different collectibles on the bottom right. Yeah, I know. But it didn't bother me. <laughs> but there were things that bothered me in this game, but that was not one of them. That's fair. <laughs> I can I can I can let that go. I also found it interesting that this game doesn't even start with Star Fox. You start playing as Crystal, a blue fox. Yeah. It's supposed to be a sexy fox, but oh, that you but you play as, which is also kind of funny to me, because like the whole like I didn't realize till the end of the game, but the whole story of this game is Foxy's pretty foxy girl and decides, okay, I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to save her. Don't know what's yeah. going on, but I'll save her. He doesn't even see her at first. He just hears her. He has just gets the staff and she's like talking to him through it. I mean, I didn't realize like in the first in the beginning cutscene when you're playing the game on a pterodactyl and you're shooting a ship, she ends up losing the staff. And if she wouldn't have lost that staff, this whole game wouldn't have happened. Exactly. He would just he wouldn't be able to do anything. <laughs> the thing too is that this is this is guaranteed like the genesis of a whole generation of furry awakenings. <laughs> like <laughs> It's the first time I remember anyone ever talking about like furry stuff in like middle school. Like whenever I ever first heard about that, it was through Crystal being a character. <laughs> we talked about it on, when we did slide two. Also, we were talking about uh, Carlita. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so which would have been later, but around the same time, because uh, Sly Sly Cooper is also 2002, the mm-hmm. first one. So is Ratchet and Clank, but there's no sexy females in that one. Unless you count Ratchet. Okay. <laughs> It just it just it just humors me like the way they the way they did with Crystal and I I do agree with you that uh, I do get comments about that too that I'll be reading later so just something that amused me but like I, I was kind of thrown for a loop I'm like what am I doing playing as Crystal like where's Star Fox I knew very little about this game other than it was a Star Fox game where you're mostly on the ground yeah I I did not know and I do not mean it's an insult to people who thought I did when I posted about it I called this game a Zelda clone but it was never meant as an insult. As a Zelda clone. I mean, anything I call something a clone, like Darksiders is a, is a freaking clone of all different genres, but it's still a great game. A clone doesn't make a game bad. It just means that yes. that's what it reminded me of. And this game kind of very much aped the style of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time in many different ways. Yes. And I did not know that going in. I, I was playing it and it was like shortly after like the first maybe an hour or two. I'm like, this is a Zelda clone. I was excited. But it's like very British, except for the voice acting, which seems like Americans doing Brit accents, even though I don't think it is. Like they're I'm all very sure. exaggerated voices. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, the warp stone guy. He's got a Scottish accent. Oh. Nobody brings Scottish. me presents anymore. <laughs> I'm just like, why? I'm like, why is it a Scottish rock? But I'm like, okay, whatever. It was just it was very Scottish. But it's just like like even early in this game when you're playing as Crystal, you're going through a dungeon. I guess her whole thing, you're going through this dungeon, you end up seeing this villain early on when she's on the airship, which is General Scales, which is going to be like your big bad, supposedly, throughout the whole game, who kind of is there most of the game. That's another game to add to the equation. Hold on. I got got a mad equation we can talk about. Okay. I was amused by the fact that this game is like, you're trying to like save the planet. I didn't realize until the very end of the game that the different islands you were going to had broken apart from the main planet. Yes. I did not put that together at all oh. until the end of the game when he's like, oh, we got to put it back together. I'm like, what? You didn't see that when you're on the ship picking the planet to go to that they were there was like a missing clump on the main planet and they were just floating on the outside. No, I saw they were floating outside, but I thought it was a video game thing where it's just, oh, here's where you're going. OK, oh, 
I didn't think it was a supposed to be because in my in my after watching way too much Star Trek in the last couple months, a <laughs> planet based like that floating outside the planet, you all be dead because there wouldn't be any life. It doesn't make any sense. So that's how my brain cut random. Like, oh, this video game thing. The planet is falling apart. We've got to stitch it back together. <laughs> it's just so weird. And this, like, also, like, early on in this game, you see Crystal get put inside a crystal. And <laughs> all I could think of, like, Ocarina of Time, it's Zelda. Yes. Oh, let's talk about, also, let's briefly touch on the whole fictional language dealio. What is the point of that? I think it's really cool. <laughs> I mean, okay, it is kind of cool how they all speak a different language. Like when Crystal's talking, she's not speaking the same language that Fox is t- speaking that you can understand. I mean, you can read it though. Like you can you can hear it if you get cheat tokens later on in the game. Yeah, but I did not bother with it. I didn't bother with that either. I thought that was really funny that that they offered that in several places. I got them all, and I know what they all are, so that we can talk about it later. <laughs> Good. Okay. I did not, <laughs> but uh, I couldn't be bothered. So, like, this is a really interesting game for the GameCube in that it's, like, widescreen. It has, like, proper subtitles, like, in the in the bars underneath the, the gameplay. And just, like, you hear the li- fictional language. And they're like, yada, 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 general scales. Yada, 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 yada. <laughs> yada, yada. Krozoa spirit. You know, you really think Krozoa spirits would be in their native language and it's a native thing of that planet. Yes. Like, we wouldn't be going yada, 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 Coca-Cola. Yada yada English. Yada yada, yada, you know, yada. Like Prince Tricky. Yada yada yada. I mean, I I do get it. There have been times when I've heard people talking Spanish, and you know, I'll hear words I don't understand. And all of a sudden, I hear FedEx, and I'm like, ah, I don't know you're talking about me when I used to work there. <laughs> but so, you know, it just didn't. That's I mean, that's what it is. Usually, you know, words that aren't in other languages because they're a name or something. But I I don't know. I just didn't. It didn't fit right. Right, because you're going down to this planet, and you're the you're the outsider as the yeah. Star Fox team. And they're even when they're not there, they're speaking in that same language of like words and then proper nouns are all in English. But don't you have a universal translator later on? You get that. But okay. even before you get that, when you're in that in that opening scene with Crystal, you know, the, it, it's it's the thing where General Scales introduces himself and he bursts out of that cabin on the airship <laughs> and he starts talking and he's like, blah, 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 blah. General Scales. <laughs> I mean, why is his name the only thing? But they couldn't. I guess they didn't want to make up his name in a language. They wanted you just to hear his name. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, that's one word for it. Uh, and can and like and also like early on in this game, even before you get control of Fox, you end up flying an R wing for these little missions where you have to shoot meteor, dodge meteors, and fly through a gold ring. That I'm just like, why is this even here? Like, I I know why this is here, but like this doesn't need to be here. Yeah, I feel like that was their take of trying to make it feel more like a Star Fox game because of the other ones being in, like, the R-Wing. It just yeah. was, I mean, it it worked, but it was just odd to me. I'm like, you don't need all these different type of gameplays. Because it was just, I mean, they're very quick. You just fly through and they weren't much of anything. Now, I don't want to keep talking and talk over Alyssa more, but I this does bring you into my equation if we okay. want to get into that. Sure. Because this is this is the part where I started being like, oh, you know, these R wing segments—they're very much like the gummy ship in Kingdom Hearts. Oh, God, it's just quick little levels you do between worlds. You get to the world, you get off, you forget that stuff ever existed until you get back on there. And then I started looking at it more, and then I realized, okay, Star Fox, the man himself, is Nathan Drake. He's a bounty hunter. He comes to the planet because he's just given the mission. He's very, like, chill and relaxed and doesn't really care. He's just in it for the money. He falls in love with the girl. He falls in love with Elena. Has to save her. And all he's being all flippant throughout. 
you know, you got the really focus on like nature and like the fauna of the planet. That's very Metroid Prime. You have the whole thing of like rebuilding the planet, making it better, kind of caring about the environment. That's very Mario Sunshine. You have the Ocarina of Time influence, obviously, with the gameplay, like the Z targeting, all of that's there. But you also have a lot of segments like that feel very Wind Wakery, like with the prison segments kind of having to escape and not have your weapons. And the airship in the beginning feels like the ship kind of in in Wind Waker in the beginning. You have the Star Fox 64 influence. You got Cameo in there. <laughs> um, I was just like, I, I just kind of remember like kind of that focus on ancient cultures also reminded me of Sonic Adventure. Because Sonic Adventure is also very much about like the cultures of before. Uh, and it was some sound effects were very similar to Sonic Adventure 2, like when you were walking on metal. You also okay. have the uh, the villain swap they do, which is very Twilight Princess. Spoiler! It's it's important know, to mention. <laughs> but yeah, you have all of these different influences, both before and after this game, that just make this a very 2002-ass game. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, this game is 20 years old, so I don't feel bad. We are going to spoil Star Fox Adventure, but if you're playing this for the story, <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I just don't. Also, it's very similar to Jet Force Gemini and it's like structure and ideas of like saving like this planet of creatures and Jet Force Gemini is much more action focused where you're shooting them and stuff and they're hostages. But it's a very weird mix of things. That is true, because it's shortly after you land on Dinosaur Planet is when you get the staff and all of a sudden it becomes like an act, you know, it's an action adventure game. Yes. And you're beating things with the staff and then you as you progress, you upgrade the staff you have to do stupid shooting puzzles. <laughs> so I got a question for you, Alyssa, because you like this game. Did you did you feel like when you were trying to shoot things that you're fighting the controller? A little bit, especially in certain like once we talk about like the world, I'll talk about when you're in Dragon Rock and have to do <laughs> all the shooting in there because it's very frustrating. I mean, I I always because I, I I was emulating this, of course, because it's me. <laughs> I'm glad I did because if I didn't, I don't think I would have beaten this game to talk about it. No, I'm with the way my schedule had been this week and the amount of gaming I've had I've been I'm doing and trying to get done. Yeah, and all the shit that came out, I would not have finished it because there were some parts. So I was playing this on a fake game controller on my PC, and whenever you would hit, you have you have a cannon you can use on, on your staff where you hit X button on the game controller. You pull if you sink it there, when you pull up a thing and you have crosshairs. But the problem is that it's always centered wherever you are looking. So when you're trying to like aim up or aim right, like you'll move the joystick. But it felt like it was always like we're at war. Like I have to just hold it just right. It's just fighting to go back. Yes. And I'm like, this is not fun. Like this is hard. And it's also the same controls when you're doing the R wing stuff. The R wing yeah. wasn't didn't feel bad though. Like you have to very carefully lead your shots in that thing because it's you're aiming wherever that green reticle is, not where you're like actually like aiming. It didn't bother me with the R wing. I just had a hard time with it when it came to the to the blaster. I had a terrible time with the blaster. I can see that. I was I not that. a fan of it. I mean, you use it all the time throughout this game for puzzles and mainly just puzzles. Oh, there's a door lock. There's probably a fire thing somewhere. All right, let's look for it. Yeah. <laughs> I had to use a guide for this game because I never would have gotten through it otherwise. Because there are just there's a few things in this game that were very minute that I don't think my brain would have thought of. Yes. I just I mean, again, 2002 is a different time. Games are different. And I like games where like people complain about Assassin's Creed, like, oh, all these checkpoints everywhere. And it tells you what to do. And I'm like, yes. And I'm that that's that's for all for me because I want to be told, go here. I want to be told exactly what to do so I can do it, move on and keep playing and not run around and go, I wonder what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just not how I play games. So I, mean, I don't know. 
yeah, as an eight-year-old, I got stuck several times throughout the years. Just either it was too hard, or I just didn't know where to go. And there was at least three or four points where I'm like, "Is this where I stop playing?" No, this is where I. No, this is where. I, no, this is where I stopped playing. Oh, I I would have quit this game as an eight, <laughs> if I would have played this back in the day. I would have quit this game a couple different times. Oh, jeez. Well, there's some really hard parts. Yeah, that's true. When I think about this game, like it, I was five years old when it came out. But I do remember playing this game like, you know, in elementary school and I played it over and over and over again. And when I was playing it again this time, certain parts I was thinking to myself, like, how on earth did I figure out how to get past this? Or like, how did I beat this game when Mm -hmm. I was younger? Because, yeah, I agree. Some of the parts, it really isn't clear. And it's like, what on earth do you do? You struggle. (laughs) <laughs> that's how i felt with this game there's lots of struggling like early on i didn't know how to like do with the dinosaurs you had to get them to move around and like i just didn't understand anything that i was doing there's one part like oh go see the queen earthwalker i'm like where the hell was she and i had to look up a youtube video <laughs> to yeah. find her i couldn't remember that she was inside like the little stone hut area I just could not remember at all thankfully <laughs> if you if you talk to uh, slippy slippy does tell you where to go usually yeah i, I couldn't well, there's another. I had another wrinkle when playing this game that also made it challenging. Is for I have played a lot of GameCube games on the show, and all have been through the emulator. Not all, but most have been through the emulator. Since after a certain point, I usually play most things that way. For some reason, this game would chug and chug. It would go from 100% normal speed to like 30%, 50%, and it took me a long time of playing with setting to finally get it to run. And it would also crash constantly at first too. Oh God. I had so many issues trying to play this game at first that I did finally get it where as long as I had the, I had the laptop plugged in, I changed the settings and it would run, but it would, like, if I did certain things with the cutscenes, it would slow down. And certain, like, big parts where there's a lot of action going on would slow down the screen, too. I did tell you to play it on the GameCube. <laughs> if I played this on the GameCube, I never would have gotten past that fear test. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I don't want to talk about it yet, but I would have never passed that fear test. I didn't oh, as a kid. I am excited to play or talk about that later. <laughs> And then early on, another thing that made this game to me feel like Zelda is you find out pretty quickly that there's a merchant shop in the first area that you land in, and you get to hear the guy say, you pay me smut for every item. <laughs> but then you can haggle with him, too. You can? Yeah. Yes, you can yes. change the price. Yep. Oh, I didn't if know that. Get, if you go too low, though, he gets upset, and he's like, I don't deal with cheap skates. Get out. <laughs> or if you try to if you try to buy something you don't have any enough money for at all, he's like, you don't have enough whatever. You don't have enough scatter. Yeah, and he like yells it at you. <laughs> it, it was interesting, and it, that's another reason why I call this game a Zelda clone, because I'm, I mean, again, I know that's not exactly, but you're buying stuff, but the real Zelda clone thing that was when you jump, there is no jump button in this game. You jump by running across a gap. When you get to the gap, Fox will just jump, and I'm like, hey, that's Link, Ocarina of Time. <laughs> and I haven't seen a lot of games do that, I feel. Yeah. That's not a normal thing. Normally, a game will just have a jump button. Well, this is like the first generation of games that probably got influenced by Ocarina of Time. Yeah, and this was supposed to be a 64 game, so it makes perfect sense. Yes. That that's what they were aping, too. And it, I mean, but I mean, I, I, I didn't have a problem with that. And you were talking earlier that you have a really complicated UI at the bottom of the screen as the game goes on. You have Scarab, you have Bomb Sports, you have, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but there's a lot of different items that show up. Fireflies, you got, yeah, everything. <laughs> there's like, what, eight items or so, probably? Yeah unnecessary but it didn't bother me like i didn't care that the bottom part of my screen was all just icons like because for me what i did i filled up on all the icons and i just left it like i was almost always full on spores almost always full on mushrooms that you feed tricky like 
I would do whatever yes. I could to be filled up on things so I didn't have to worry about it. Yes. Yeah, that's my brain Actually, one like, thing I do want to. Sorry, go ahead. Not sure what I was going to say. Go. <laughs> I was like, the thing I did want to bring up, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of disagree with you with the fact that it, it doesn't tell you where to go all the time. I mean, sometimes you can ask Slippy about that, but the game is also very good at like laying out its expectations for you and being very clear about like, you're going to be seeing this eventually. So we're going to tell you about it now. For example, before you get the staff, the game tells you you're going to get a staff. You're going to get this. And this is what's going to happen when you get this. The game is very clear about, okay, this is how much percentage you are through the game. You are 21%. And what does that 21% mean? Is it collectibles? Is it whatever? No, it's just beating the game. You, you know how many hearts you're going to get. You know exactly where you're going to all these different parts of the planet. It, it really literally tells you you're going to get this many uh, Krizoa spirits, this many spell stones. You know where you are in the game at all times in every possible way. Except for these really random parts where it's like, yeah, go visit the queen in that, temp- in that temple thing. I mean, it was just also like the game has maps and I bought all the maps pretty quickly because I found yes. out you could early on you could lift rocks and get scared, which is the rupees because they're even green and red and yellow. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yeah, you could just buy maps. You can just buy everything quickly and just have it all set up, which was nice. I mean, again, I was really having fun with this game in the beginning. Like, it's a good game. And I'm still going to say that that it is a good game. It's not, it's just stuck in 2002. And it when I great. say that, what I mean is that it's stuck with things that, like, boss fights, some of the boss fights in this game take way too damn long. Yes. Just, they just do. Yeah. I also hate boss fights that, like, I don't want to hit a boss a hundred times. I don't want to do that. I don't, I just want to hit him three, four times, go through the phases, boom, we're done, move on. I, I don't like really long fights. Unless it's a game like an RPG where I can level up my character so I can make the fight shorter, I can come more prepared, and this game wasn't that. So I didn't yes. like it. The first major boss, you only have to do it twice, I think, and where he swallows you. Two or three times. Yeah, I believe it was three times. He wasn't bad. Okay, I think I did it twice, but maybe, maybe I'm just misremembering. I mean, this game also talks about slavery, too. I thought that was kind of interesting early on. Like, when you get to the first, when you get off the first planet, you go to the ice planet, the ice yeah. area. You see them, they captured these earth walkers, or triceratops that we would know them as, and is dropping them off to put them to work in, like, mines or something. Oh, wait, no, but also... There's a whole subplot where Tricky gets really racist. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't like the cloud walkers. Oh, and they yeah. just and they just have that be a thing for a second. They never address it. And you're still supposed to like Tricky after that. Tricky's a little triceratops that joins you that you is like your pet kind of in this game where you can tell him to burn things or dig things you know, like a dog. He's yeah, your companion. Yeah, yeah. He speaks English. <laughs> he's he's the prince of the earth walkers. He speaks English. But yeah, he's your pet. And the first time you see him, he's getting his ass beat with clubs. Right yeah. across the face to hit him. And you can also beat him if you wish. I didn't do that. He does get mad and he will uh, flame at you. And I, I did like the enemies in this game that you fight majority of the time are the, the scale scale soldiers, whatever you want to call them. They're blue mm-hmm. and green and yellow and they're all the same thing. Yeah. I mean, there's a few other different versions yes. of them, but I didn't like, even though the com- the combat is very repetitive because it's the same thing. I never yes. had a problem with it. I mean, just tap A or, or or block and then wait to an opening and tap A. I never it never bothered me where I'm like, this isn't fun. Like, I it wasn't the combat is not super frequent. And later on, I would just skip combat because I was trying to finish the game. Yeah, you just run right past them. Uh-huh. So it wasn't I know people complain about that, too. Like, the combat's fine. Like, it, it's un, it's not what you're playing the game for. It's a platform. It's a action adventure game. You're not really that was more relevant. Right. Did you play ball with Tricky once or twice? And I said, I don't care anymore. Did you see anything happen? Okay, you play ball enough, he's, his colors change. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't he doesn't know get ability or nothing? 
Uh, I'll defer to Alyssa on this. I only did it once to have the colors change. Oh, yeah. So, like, he turns, like, a greenish color and then also, like, a yellowish color. But, yeah, you have to play with him quite a bit for him to start changing. And sometimes if you do play with him, he doesn't change right away. He changed, like, uh, eventually. Like, you'll go to a different place and then you'll kind of look over at him and you're like, oh, he's a different color. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I don't know why they put that in the game. It's very random, but... Some of that uh, Animal Crossing passive system thing. Right, exactly. So, you know, just a neat little thing that you wouldn't really realize unless you're really, you know, paying attention to Tricky and, you know, wasting time essentially, like, playing playing ball with him. That's all I took it, is that it was, like, just to add more to the game. Right. Again, this era game would have been judged heavily on how long or how short it was. Because if the game yes. was shorter, it would get a lower score just for being shorter. Where now we, as a com- gamer community, are like, okay, the game's shorter, that's fine as long as the game fits whatever the game is. They might right. not want to pay $60 for it, but, you know, you have lower price points. But I think as, as it was supposed to be like the final Rare N64 game, as it's supposed to kind of now be this GameCube pioneer of like, look at the fur on Fox and look oh, at the, the fur is good. Yeah, look at the nature of the of the planet. It's incredible. But like for that technical showcase, it, it, I think it still made the case. Oh, we have to put stuff in this. We can't just have it be a linear thing. The graphics hold up well. Yeah, like the game is still very pretty for 2022. Like it wasn't ugly at all. Like I played. I think game. I mean, most of the GameCube PS2 era isn't too bad. PS1 era is the one that I stay away from because. It doesn't look good usually. Usually it's Dreamcast yeah. and on that's like acceptable. Yeah. And Super Nintendo. I'm good with Super Nintendo. I'm just not PS1 is hard for me. Like the Polygon era is hard to look at nowadays. I guess I mean like 3D space. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're playing Fear Effect, <laughs> that's one game that tries to really pride itself on how pretty it, it tries to be. Mega Man Legends, though, still holds up. That's because it's more cell shaded. Yes. Cell shaded. Like Wind, like Wind Waker. I mean, Robotech Battle Cry. Those are games that. You know, that that style never ages and same with like this game. It has a kind of a cartoony style that it didn't go for that realistic and it still looks extremely good. Right. I mean, when you go for the more realistic approaches, sometimes it doesn't age well because we realize we got better. <laughs> so I, I did like it. That, like, oh, and also whenever when Fox picks up an item for the first time, he does the exact thing Link does. He holds it above his head and plays <laughs> the music and everything. Not Zelda music, but it plays music. And I'm like, that, yep, yes. this is Zelda. <laughs> that music is in my head forever also. I know, right when you said that, I could hear the tune in my head. I couldn't, but I think I, well, I also didn't play this game with sound on the entire time. So. Of course not. I, oh, this game, I enjoyed this game, but there were multiple times where I was like, why the hell am I playing this? Like, God, I can't, this is long. Like, this game wouldn't end. <laughs> He's got the spellstone. Oh, uh, you know, I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, I, there's so many quotes. I never talked to Slippy. Ring to reach dinosaur planet. I, I never talked to Slippy. I didn't talk to Peppy. I didn't talk to nobody. Because also, one of the other issues with this game, not again, it was a me issue. Since I was playing this on a GameCube, the way the Dolphin emulator works is when you when you shut it off, it will then look at it as a new memory card when you start it back up again. And this is one of those games where if it's not the exact same memory card, it thinks it will not continue your save. Like some games don't care that you just save anyway. So I couldn't save the normal way. I had to use only save states, which didn't matter. That's how I play normally. But sometimes that can affect the game. Because, like, if you example, if you get a glitch in the game, sometimes it helps to be able to, you know, reload your save. You can get past whatever's wrong. Where if you're playing with save state, you can get fucked, which I have before. Fun little fact there. But, yeah, that was not, I had a lot of technical issues with this game, which are not the game's fault. All right, so I, it doesn't, that doesn't hurt my opinion of the game. And I need to state that, that that was in there because people might, people should know. <laughs> 
I, I enjoyed all the different worlds too. I enjoy how you go from the dinosaur planet. You're in snow, you know, you're in a snow zone with with woolly mammoths. Like it does a good job of really bouncing around to different areas. And this game loves backtracking. Loves backtracking. You went to that place before. You got to go back. So I'm assuming, Lissa, since you played this game multiple times, you probably know the maps decently. Like it wasn't as confusing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was learning them. Not by choice, but I was learning them. (laughs) Do you have a favorite area that like you went to? The walled city. Yeah. It looks pretty. It reminds me of like a Chinese type thing or something. Or no, maybe more Mayan. I'm going to go with more Mayan. It was it was but it was very cool. It's also not a walled city at all. No, <laughs> no, not at all. But yeah, I liked it. That was my favorite. I didn't really enjoy the snow areas as much. I didn't enjoy when this game did ice physics, but I never enjoy ice physics. The beach was kind of cool. Okay, yeah. Cape Claw. Uh, Cape? Yes. That is my favorite area. <laughs> it was cool. You had yeah, like- that one doofus just trapped in like that bridge. I don't know how they even got in there. They built around him. <laughs> but why? Like. I know you pay him a bunch of gold bars. Like, I mean, I know people also complain that this game is a lot of fetch quests. Like, oh, go find this item for me. Go find four of this item. Then I'll let you do whatever you need to do. Like, it didn't bother me because of the air. And it doesn't bother me anyway that much. I didn't like the fact that this game didn't have a fast travel back to Dinosaur Planet. Back to the main area. That did irritate me. Like, there's so many times you go to an area, you do what you have to do. You put the Krazoa spirit in the temple or you do something and now run all the way back. Yeah, but sometimes it did that so that it can show you, like when you think about when you're coming back from Cape Claw, and then that's how you get into Lightfoot Village because, you know, you you can see how they get in, in there because they hit the trees to get in there. I and you went back. You know? After they oh, you had to hit the and... trees to get in there? Yeah. Yeah, there's three trees with targets on them, and you have to hit the first one, then the one farthest away, and then the middle one, and then it unlocks the gate. Oh, you know? that's what that was doing. Okay. <laughs> I never went back after finishing that. You don't that's to. that's you where can, I got stuck. If you do go back and you go in the little like huts that they have there, you talk to these um I don't even know what characters they are in there, but you can talk to them and they want you to find their kids. So you have to go and find their kids. One of one of the three kids are out in the trees, like outside of the village. So you have to hit some trees until, you know, they go back to their mom. The other one when you unlock that main hut where you can go down and get the Crusoe spirit, like there's three kids running around in there. And then the other three are in another tree area, but actually inside the village and you have to get those as well. And with those, like you unlock, you know, when you're entering and exiting Lightfoot village, there's a little power up spot where you can do the rocket boost and you can go and get like the fuel cells there and also you can get the cheat token that you can't have access to like when you're initially in lightfoot village because you can't get over there and you think to yourself okay how am i supposed to get over there it's because you have to go back and then do that little you know thing with helping the moms with their kids and then you get access to that point that's another part where this game is dark when you end up in lightfoot village the first time they tie you up to a pole to to kill you (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm just like okay I, okay, that's another part where if I didn't have save states, I might have not gotten through it. Yes. 
So you, you're tied to a pole and you have these little rafters. That's what I'm going to call them that are around you with spears and they're going to stab you to death. That's their, that's how they're going to execute you stabbing you to death, you know, nice and painful. Mm-hmm. And you have a pterodactyl that's helping you, but you have a bar. So you have a, you have a bar at the bottom of the screen with, with a green area in the center and you have a little red thing moving back and forth and you have to, before the guy gets you and stabs you, you have to hit the red thing in the green bar. The problem is when you hit it, there's a delay yes. or at least there was for me. Um, I don't know if that's because I was playing emulation or that's probably. just a real thing. It wasn't much of a delay. Yeah. Okay. No. I had a de- I had a delay. Jeez, I can't even imagine dealing with it with the, and especially when the bar gets smaller and smaller each yes. time. That's what safe <laughs> states are for. On its own, this uh, this idea isn't terrible. This by mm-hmm. itself would have been fine. It, it was. I didn't like it. But then they brought it back <laughs> with the fear test, and it became oh, that the longest Tony Hawk manual in the world. So throughout this game, you have Crazola's spirits, which are the MacGuffin. You have to go get five of them, right? I think it is. Uh, yeah. Six of them. You get the first one right away. So technically five. Yeah. Okay. So you have to go get them. And then throughout them, you have to go into a temple. <laughs> and you have to do different puzzles because it's Zelda. And when you get to the spirit, they always make you do some kind of challenge. And, and this one's called the fear test. And why don't you talk about it, Dominic? Oh, God. Yeah, this is the part where I... <laughs> no, this is the part I think where I finally got stuck and couldn't progress, I think. Where it's Fox gets you know, it's a it's a few rooms you got to get through to get to the Grizoa spirit. That's like if you pass my test, I will give myself to you. And this test is just this LSD nightmare where Fox is being haunted by every enemy in the game, and you just got to keep that little bar in the green like a Tony Hawk manual, and it's gonna go you know to the left and to the right at random times as, as he's responding to these different enemies approaching him and he can't do anything. They're not real. He can't react. He has to be calm and doing this little meter is how you stay calm. And it's just going to slide to the left, slide to the right, jerk all the way forward, jerk all the way back. It's and it is miserable. so hard, so hard. I looked I, this is the only time I pulled out a guy is to look up how to do it. It's over a minute. It has to be. Yes. And the guy told me just turn the sound off. And I passed it, but it was just like, yeah, just turn the sound off. Just ignore that part of the game entirely defeated. For me, either I was doing it wrong because I kept I was always hitting the button left or right, trying to keep it in the center. Yes. We also and had a delay. Yeah, I also had a, I'm probably had a delay with this, too. A lot of this again, that was I don't know how you could have finished this with a delay. Hmm? <laughs> how can you I save every like so many button presses? Oh, my God. Save load. I actually got the hang of it where I'm just hitting shift F1, shift F1. Oh, make sure I lift up. I screwed up. Better lift up, ship, hit F1. Okay, and kept doing that over and over again. Oh, it took a while. And I fucked yeah. up twice where I saved over and I didn't mean to save. Because it will take you back to the start of that little dungeon every oh, time had, you screw up. And that's, it's... I also had saves, right? At other saves right before there. So I, yeah, I was pissed when I saw you had to run through the whole dungeon. I'm like, fuck you, game. Like, fuck you, 2002. <laughs> that was a straight 2002 thing. Because this is also right after the other part I got really stuck at as a kid which is the endurance test where you're in the Lightfoot village fighting their brutes and you got to prove yourself to get off of this uh, thievery charge you've been charged with and you just got to do a button mashing test. Oh, with muscle foot? Yeah, yes. that still cannot beat to this day. When I replayed it, I had to ask my husband to beat that part for me because I could not beat it. And I always had to ask my dad for help when I was younger because I I don't know why I could not beat that part. Yeah, no, as a kid, I could not beat it. I did it this time, thankfully. But, like, I remember as a kid, yeah, I I remember, like, this this is a memory I had after I beat it this time. We're like, okay, I did get past this part. I remember beating it now. 
And then the fear test is like half an hour after that. I just remember <laughs> being so defeated. I had no problem with that Lightfoot challenge because my game, as I was saying before, every so often would drop the speed down. For some reason, it dropped the speed down to 50% when I was tapping the buttons. I was tapping the button double fast than what I would have been normally. Wow. <laughs> oh, God. I beat it in eight seconds. He just went down. Like The guys are like, oh, this is really hard. You better be ready. I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, my speed dropped. And I'm just hitting the button. I'm like, wow, that was simple. Like, And then I realized, oh, that's why my speed dropped. Okay, I'm going to get my game to that point, and you're going to come over and Play it on the GameCube and see how you feel after that. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I know how I'm going to feel. Not good. <laughs> yeah, Tony I know Hawk it is also another game for the equation. Now that I think about it. <laughs> but I mean, just little things like that. I mean, it, it was cool how many unique things this game has. Like, it even has turret sections where you have to operate a turret <laughs> and shoot very precise <laughs> shots to blow up things. Like, even if you're nearby, nope, nope, gotta be precise. This isn't the game where all the segments come at random and it feels cohesive like a Shenmue, but. I will give it credit for doing a lot of things. It's the era. And it does it. I mean, I like games when they do that. Like, I don't I like I'm OK with that, like, especially with third person shooters. Every third person shooter always has, has a turret section. If you play in the 360 era, that's just a thing at that time. Like, I'm OK. Yes. I, I'm like OK. Cameo, I mean, this I game even has racing in it, which is, again, is a very much thing of 2002. Sly Cooper had it. Ratchet and Clank has racing. Sonic cards. Adventure had it. Or at yeah, least a snowboarding level. You're rolling yes. around at the speed of sound. You got places to go. It makes sense. <laughs> I'm so I'm okay. Oh, it's just like, but it didn't bother me that it had all these things. What would be considered mini games in a normal game, but here we're just part of the game. Yeah, that didn't bother me. That was always cool. Yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. My problems came from just how challenging this game could be at times and how exacting it it, it was. And like, also like all the things with the temples. The temples were cool. Like, it did remind me a lot of Zelda, and I I like that. I didn't have a problem with them. It just like, hell, there's one part, I think it's Volcano Pass, that reminds me straight up Fire Temple from Ocarina of Time. Just yeah. Straight up. Yes. Fire bats and all. Oh, I hate those bats. They're miserable. You can't kill them unless you freeze them with the freeze blast, which is hard to use. You can, yeah. you can hit them. I tried. Many times. Never did. It's hard. I never could. Um, I did want to mention one thing I, I noticed as well, is that I feel like this is a situation where someone looked at Ocarina of Time and how that's structured where you get the first three temples. And then you age up and get the other like six. And they were like, let's just make our game and then just like mix those together. So you're not having that break. You're just kind of doing them both at the same time. Well, it kind of makes sense because you have the three, spe- you have the four spell stones, the, the five Krizoa spirits. So yeah, that you're getting everything in between everything. Yes. So it's like, let's just have them hop back and forth. And the game makes you travel a lot to different places too, like Dark Ice Mine, which I don't remember very well at all. That's where Tricky that, got caught. Yeah, that's where Tricky. Oh, okay. Is kidnapped, and then you have to go on that like mammoth thing to, uh, <laughs> you know, go through the snow blizzard yeah. to get place to save him, and then you save Belinda Tay too. That's like the princess of that tribe or whatever. It's the deep family uh, issues that they were uh, yeah. showing <laughs> off. I want to talk about the first boss where you have to. He's like a giant lizard thing because mm-hmm. they're all kind of dinosaur and he you have to get him to suck you up so that way you can then hit his like stomach or, or throat, whatever the hell you're hitting to kill him to get the spell stone that he has. And because all the bo- all the spell stones are inside bosses for some reason, mm-hmm. or at least are they all, all four of them. No, the one that you get in a race. Oh, yeah. You. Oh, yeah. Because you general scales has you have to go chase him down. But. That was my other issue with this. This game had so much backtracking. You would get a Krizoa spirit, you'd get a spellstone, then you're running through areas constantly. Like, I would have really liked the fast travel thing. I wonder. I wonder if some of it was just kind of unfinished. 
where they were like, well, we're supposed to have a boss here, but like, let's just put a racing segment. You need <laughs> to have that payoff in some way. Throw you for a loop. I am. I was a fan of going through the vo- the volcano temple slash fire temple with Vlagia should have been in it. I was okay with that place, except when you get to the, the boss fight of the volcano temple, is that the one you get chased after by, by King Dodango, it looks like? Uh, isn't that where you have the race? Yeah, to, to get the spell stone? One is a race, but one is the is the big green T-Rex, where you have to fight him in the circle, oh, electrocute him. You're in the walled city. Yeah. Oh, that's the walled city? So, yeah, you yeah. have to go. Okay, sorry. And you're where Earthwalker is, and then you go in there. Yeah. That's that was a cool boss fight. Like, even though, like, I knew what to do, but it's a, it's a boss fight you have, like, but it was cool. You have to shoot something with a blaster, grab a, a barrel, an explosive barrel, which you see throughout the game, and then you have this big green dinosaur. It looks like King Dodongo, in my opinion, chasing after you. And you have to, when he roars, you have to hit a, you have to stand on a button. So then you shocker start, and then they shock him while he's running, and you throw a barrel in his face. And it was, mm-hmm. it was actually a really cool boss fight. Yeah, I do like that one quite a bit. I, I enjoyed what this game has, I think, what, four boss fights? All together, mm-hmm. you have the guy that eats you. You have the green dinosaur. Yes, yeah, you have the satanic hummingbird, as one guy <laughs> called him, and a, and a guy that I was reading, which is accurate. I think that's, it. and then the final boss, which I don't want to talk about yet. Do we? Do we? Do we mention the on rails boss as well? That's Dirk, that's the hummingbird, your core guy. Okay. That let's talk about that. What is that place called? That you go to the fire, the fire force point temple or whatever, or dragon roost or something, dragon something. Oh, Dragon Rock. That place is miserable. Oh my gosh, I agree. Can I elaborate a little <laughs> please, bit on that? Please. Okay, so out of all of the places that you can go to, that is my least favorite because it's just very frustrating. When I played it this time around, I was playing it and when I got to the world there, I was like, okay, what on earth am I supposed to do? And I had no idea where to go. And I'm running around and I'm like, okay, what is going on here? And then it's, you know, there's so many buildings that you can go to. And, you know, it's just frustrating because when you try to free that big dinosaur that's tied up with the ropes, it kind of goes back to what we're talking about with the controls with the fire blaster. Like, it is very hard to control where you have to hit all four of the targets to undo the ropes. Because if you're not fast enough, the rope just magically appears and you have to hit it again. So that's, you know, one part that was annoying in there. And then another part was when you have to free the Earthwalker and you run around and try to destroy the, like, power source of those blaster things that will, you know, hit you while you're running around. So some of those were kind of hard to find. But the most frustrating part of this world, to me, in my opinion, was when you're on that raptor thing you know, and you're flying around and you have to, you know, repeatedly like hitting and hit the target, all four of them to unlock, you know, the next place that you have to go into. That was the part that was hardest for me. I don't know about you guys, but I really struggled with that part. Talking about the way you have to carry that bomb across that field with all the fire blasts. No, she's talking about when you ride the pterodactyl after you free oh, him. Oh, okay. And then you have to, you're flying, you these four towers, and you have to shoot, you have missiles shooting at you, and the best part is you destroy a tower, I'm like, okay, cool, I got this tower beaten, when I come around the next time, I'll skip that tower, right? No. No. Is this 2002, Mike? There's no skipping things? And you have to defend yourself against the things that are flying at you as well, and keep your health up. I had to do that three times before I beat it. Safe states. We're wonderful for that part, too. <laughs> I, 
that was when I was like, what the fuck? And you're right, when you're trying to release that dinosaur and then you just have such a small time limit and the blast and the and the controller's fighting with you, it's not fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was not a fan. And then the final part of this Dragon's Rock is the boss fight where yeah. you're are you on a pterodactyl in the boss no, fight? No, you're just on a platform. Yeah. You're just on a platform. Okay, because the game becomes like a first person game almost where you're just trying to aim and shoot your blaster, but your blaster's terrible. You have to shoot bombs that he drops, you have to shoot the missiles that he shoots, you have to hit switches to turn off fires in a couple different parts. All this time when you're trying to shoot him, and I didn't look up a speed run to find out like have someone because there's no 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 one they never did this game in awesome games done quick. Oh I swear I I hit him over a hundred times. Yeah, that fight is way too long. Way too long. Two thousand two. And like, yeah, like Fox just goes first person. You, all the pretense of like having your magic meter is gone. It's just, OK, you're now in first person with this fire blast and you just got to keep hitting him. And if it's, I was in the R wing, this wouldn't have been so bad because the R wing handled just fine. You could barrel roll to dodge things Do a barrel roll, Fox. <laughs> so, I mean, you it wasn't bad. But when this you don't have any of that control, there is no dodging. If you don't shoot the thing, there is no dodging it. And the shooting is you're fighting with it the whole time. Like I had to use so many save states just to get through this long, long endurance fight. I hated it. it was, I was excited when I saw him like, Oh cool. A boss fight. And I'm like, what? This is no-. I mean, at least the game was creative and all the boss fights are very different, but it was, it was not fun. Yeah. That was not yes. a fan. Not at all. Not the worst boss fight personally, but it's... what was your, was your worst boss fight? The last one? Yes. Okay. I don't oh. want to go there yet. <laughs> I do want to talk about another another zone that I really got a kick out of was when you go to the Sky Temple for the cloud for the cloud runners, the cloud runner fortress. Yeah. Yeah. Which really reminded me of this of, of Twilight Princess. Yeah. yeah another, and then one for the equation. So Twilight Princess stole it from this game, though. But that's what that's what I felt like. I'm like, this is freaking reminding me the same place. And it, it was cool, though. Like it. And you are right. Like Tricky is really racist against cloud runners for no reason other than that's just a pre-established thing. And they just let it go. It's 2002. Yeah, Tricky Snitch is not going to come along for this mission. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, but they got to they gotta put that. He's like, I don't like Cloud Runner. I don't want to help these people. They're pterodactyls. I'm going to try Literally, pterodactyls. your planet is at stake, dude. Okay. Sounds about right. <laughs> it sounds about yeah. right people. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, it was just a very cool place. And I think this is where you, this is where you get the disguise. Yes. Which yeah. I, so I ran around this part where you're supposed to disguise to get past all like the flying saucer things that are shooting at you when you're trying to get the parts of these crystals. The drones, yeah. yes. Yeah, I didn't know you could put the disguise on until way later. <laughs> the disguise is really cool, though. Yes. That was cool. You disguise yourself as a scale gar- soldier. You Shark can run around. Claw. Shark claw, yeah. But it was cool. It was, except you think they would know it's like, hey, it's weird. He's smaller than everybody else. Aren't you short for a scale claw? But nothing. Because you know. <laughs> he is shorter, though, than everybody else. Yeah, shorter yes. and thinner. But nobody notices, and he has no weapons either. I'm like every every single other one in the in the fortress in the in the group. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do, what other? What were some of the other Krizoa? Like I don't other than fear and knowledge. I don't remember a lot of the other tests. I know all of them. So there's fear, strength, knowledge, observation, and combat. And then technically, I mean, I know we're not talking about it yet, but technically, the battle with general skills. Technically, okay. but yeah, oh, yeah those but are- you don't really do anything. You just watch cutscene. The one observation was just a cup game. Yeah. Oh, that was the early one. Yeah. Yeah. That was fine. The the knowledge one I had to use a use look a guy because I'm like I don't remember where the hell I did these things at. <laughs> it's. I mean, we'll talk about cool. knowledge. We'll talk about knowledge next week. But I do I do like when games try to get you up on the knowledge of stuff. 
it it was cool. You had to like, oh, here are these different items that you got. What area did you get this item at? And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> I also don't know which of these are which areas. Yeah, it was hard, really hard to tell what was what. I'm going to throw them at each one and see which ones stick. Mm-hmm. I I didn't do that. I did it with save states. but Oh, Mike, you would have never beat this game. No, I wouldn't have. Not in a week. <laughs> I, I beat this game yesterday. And I didn't even know if I was going to make it in time earlier in the week. Like, I was like this because so I when I do the schedule, I set up based on how long games are considering how long to beat. And this game's like, I think it said 13 hours. I'm like, oh, it'll probably be shorter than that. This game is fucking long. It's like 16 hours, really, at least. It feels long, too. It I just, marathon this in three days. That's impressive, sir. Yeah, you know, I just oh, I can only play so much where I had to put the game down at certain points. I just get stressed out. Yeah. It was just one of those games. Like I, I had a, what I would do to check my progress. I had a YouTube video I would pull up to see how far I was in the video to know. Okay, good. Four hours left to go. I'm getting there. <laughs> it helped me keep track of how much I played this game. Also, another Zelda thing about this game is that when you finish an area, you get another heart tank. Yes, <laughs> which gives you four hits for each heart tank. That, that, it seems very like obligatory. Like you just get it for each of the areas. That's it, and then you just like. You just get like four or five more. You, you know that. And this, there's no other heart pieces. There's no anything. It's just like, ah, oh, yes, arbitrary. You've passed the temple. Here you go. <laughs> I mean, it does give you staff upgrades that you need. And it also yeah. gives you more staff energy, which is optional to get. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, there you, was that. Did you guys get that, I guess, kind of hidden one in Cape Claw, where when you have control of the cannon, you blow up that rock and then you can go inside that rock and get it? I don't remember. What did you get? It was the it was a staff energy upgrade. Um, it's kind of hidden. I remember when I was playing it, I was kind of walking around because that's my favorite area. And there's this um, when you first go, you know, when you first get there, you know, when uh, the sharp claw are attacking that Lightfoot village person, like that sand yeah. area. Well, if you go straight on that sand area, there's this random rock that's like really tall. That's there, mm. and if you stand by it, your staff will glow. And when I thought huh. about it. Hey, why is my staff glowing? Well, when you have control of the cannon later on, when you get the portal opener, you can blow up that rock and go in there, and it's a staff upgrade. I did get that because the guy told me to. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> but I wouldn't have known that. to do it otherwise. Speaking of portals, <laughs> this game does portals. Yeah. <laughs> Except they're just doors that you just put a button to. You mean like that, or you mean the warp stuff? Well, the, the door you button to. It was just odd. Like, I didn't mind that, how the way the game, you know, has to give you an item to progress far. Like, none of that bothered. No, it just seemed like, I don't know, it it just seemed strange sometimes how, like, what they decided was a good upgrade. Like, yes, the Quake one is the one that I want to have a second level of. I would add rather another level Uh, of Blaster. There's the Fire Blaster, Rocket Boost, Ice Blaster, Ground Quake, the Shark Claw Disguise. Portal opener and then the super ground quake that replaces your original ground quake. And almost all of those are for story progression. Or no, all of those are for story progression. Yeah. yeah. Only the fire and ice breath is really used throughout the game. Right. But you need them at different parts. Well, I guess the the rocket boost can be used as well. And yeah. I guess they yeah. I would say the rocket boost is used pretty often. I guess. I feel yeah. like it's for like more like hidden things, you know, like when you're in Thorntail Hollow, like you can <sighs> Use it by the shop to, like, you know, get the staff upgrade like, yeah. in there yeah. and, and, like, mm-hmm. little parts like that. Or when you're in the shop and you go where you can buy the maps, you can do it if you go in that back room and then you can run around up top. I mean, I don't really know why they have that up there, <laughs> but. Just because. Um, I actually really love that shop. 
The shop was cool. Yeah, did you guys, like, when you go and play the Scarab game before you go in there, did you go, when you go down, like, the, the stairs, I guess, you, there's, like, a hidden area where there's this giant rock that you can lift up and you get 30 Scarabs out of there? I never oh, saw that. Cool. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that's a hidden part in the shop um, before you go and play, like, his game that he, his gambling game. I never um, played his gambling game. <laughs> I don't like gambling anything. Instead of going straight, you go um, your time. into that wall, <laughs> and then it's there. When it comes to this podcast, apparently I'm willing to do anything almost. But <laughs> <so>. <laughs> what, what I thought was funny is that uh, General Scales and the Merchant are of the same race, but they're mm-hmm. like the only two characters in the game who are of that race. Yep. And they never right. mentioned really <laughs> like what they're about or anything. Hey, it's that era. You know, GameCube had your merchants that just are there that make no that don't make no sense of why they're there helping you, but they're just there for money. Or it's like it's or it's like one of the situations where they talk about the merchant going to other places and like stealing things for a shop. Yeah. And you're like, can you really imagine that guy going to like the snow part and going and getting like an artifact and stuff? Like, I don't know about Or that the like binocular things that you can zoom in and out like that was stolen from the Star Fox team. Yeah. They they sent it for you, but he found it first, so he sold it yeah. to back to you. <laughs> it's a cool story, fun like little thing, but I just don't see him doing that like physically. Yeah, there's some. It's an odd game. Like you have your hot potato part when you get the sunstone from that we were talking about, like like Lightfoot Village people on Kate on yeah, Cape Claw, Cape, yeah, which reminded me of Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones. <laughs> I don't know, it's just, it was, it is an interesting game. Like, the areas were very interesting. You guys want to start going to near the end of the game, or anything else you want to, that we missed still? Do you want me to talk about the, oh, yeah, cheat, the cheat tokens a little bit? Please. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so the cheat tokens, I believe that there's six of them. Correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know, but, um, I think roughly so, I'd have to look it up to correct you. Okay, well, so, you can, one of them, you can set the language, um, in the settings in the beginning before you even enter the game, you can set the language to dinosaur. You can have the sepia mode, and then you can do a music test, and then you can also display end credits, which is kind of lame, but you know. Um, and then the other ones were all special messages. Um, one was a hint about the ending. The other was a hint about, I guess I don't want to spoil this because it's also part of the ending, but there, it's a hint about a friend that you haven't seen for a while that will be appearing again. And then the other one is a message from his father. Like, it's clearly from his father because it's a, you know, there's a quote in there from, like, you know, old games. And then the other one, though, the other one that always gets me, and I don't understand what it meant by that. I actually um, wrote down the the message so that we can talk about it. But um, it says there is sorrow ahead. A close friend does not have much time left. It will be hard to accept, but you will grow. And, like, I have no idea who they were talking about with that message. But yeah, that's that's one of the cheat messages as well. And I, to this day, I, I don't know who they were talking about. Didn't General Pepper or Peppy die at some point? Not in the this game, no. Not in this game. But I feel like that was actually like a plot point at some point of one of those two dies. Oh, Peppy. Really? Peppy either dies uh, or goes missing. Yes. But oh. I don't remember when. I don't remember what game. It is a vague memory of something to do with Peppy. But, like, the game also significantly aged them, too, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Yes. Like, Peppy is old in this game. <laughs> and Falco's not even in this game till the end. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was also inter- weird, because he he's always part of your team, but he's not even here. I guess it was interesting. I thought, I forgot that the, the cheat tokens weren't really cheats. I thought it was just like, hey, you want to get past this uh, racing segment? Let's do this to uh, help you out. 
No. <laughs> They're all just, like, random things. That's what they get for not using a guide, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even go for them. Especially later on in the game said option or the game, my guy would be like, oh, you don't, you know, I would read to see what I had to do. Like the when she was talking about rescuing the kids or Lightfoot Village. And I, when I read it, it wasn't anything I needed to do. Never went in there. Yeah, that's just for a cheat token. I, I, mean, I was going after the because you have the little blue spheres that you need to power your R wing to get to different zones. Yes. But once I found out you could buy them, I stopped caring. Like I'd get them there on my way, but I wouldn't go out of my way anymore because I'm like, I had so many scarabs all the time. I just go buy them. If I needed them. Yeah. I had way more than I needed when I finished the game. Yeah. Because I thought, okay, you got to get these because you're going to, you know, I was thinking of like Donkey Kong 64 where I just, I need, you know, it's a rare game. So I'm like, I need to collect everything I see that I can because I might yes. need it later. Yes. But thankfully it wasn't the case with all this stuff. Like it I had like, so many dark seas that you get from those stupid enemies that pop out of the holes and I found out that I only need them in one area. Then once I was done, I never needed them again, really. Yeah. Same. I hated that whole, like. The moon pass. Yeah. Of the, yeah, that was the worst. That's my least <laughs> favorite. There were there were a lot of annoying parts. Yeah, having to <laughs> having to be like a, a, a ton of those enemies where they just pop out of the hole. You gotta do the quake. You gotta. It was stupid. Yeah, there's so much involved with beating those enemies, and you can't hit them right away. You have to wait till they turn around. Like I was trying. Yeah. Some way to get two hits in one in one you know one thing. You I could maybe a speedrunner can, but I could not get it to work. And I was annoyed. Annoying. This game also has a water temple too, or ocean temple. Which was mm-hmm. funny to me. Yep. You have to raise and lower the water. You have to raise or lower the water temperature or temperature, but you know, level. And I'm like, hmm, this looks familiar. This wow. sounds egregious, though. No, no, it wasn't that bad, but it was kind of funny that it was there. Yeah. That's all. I just like making comparisons to yeah. Ocarina of Time because somebody <laughs> out there is fuming at me for making those comments. So, <laughs> which we'll get to at the end of this. But so, should that bring us to talk about like the end, the last Krizoa spirit then? Yeah, I mean. You, it's it's interesting. Like for the fourth Krizoa spirit, I think you're you're kind of at the palace. So you got to go to the palace, and you're like, "Where's the other spirit?" And then it's like, "Oh yeah, on top, there's just this segment that opens up, and you can just go get another one." And you're like, "Okay, great. Where's the last one?" And then General Scales finally pops up. This was kind of stupid. Yes, where it's like, "Okay, General Scales is the big bad. Let's let's get ready to do it. We're gonna finally fight him." And then I th- literally thought I did something wrong. Because the game, like the boss fight starts, you go up to him, you're about to start attacking, and the game just is like, no, <laughs> you're not going to fight him, actually. It's actually a plot twist. Which I thought you should, I mean, I'm okay with there being another baddie, like in Final Fantasy IX, for example, you fight Kuja, and then spoiler alert, you fight Necron, which is the big baddie, never been in the whole time. I'm okay with that in games, but it's, it's Twilight Princess again. I, oh yeah, because Gan- you don't know Ganon's there the whole time or something? And you're thinking of fight Xanth or whatever, but no, it's Ganondorf. You still fight Xanth, though, right? I, I guess, but it's like you're going to fight him again or something like that. Okay, because I know you do you fight Xanth. Yeah, you, you think he's the big bad, and it's like, no. Which, it fits more in Zelda. But, like, in this game, like, I still wanted to fight General Scales. I'm sure yes. it would have irritated me and pissed me off, but I still would have rather had that final fight with General Scales. Right, I agree. Because it's, like, it's the whole thing. It's like, you know, he did all that to Crystal. He's been enslaving the planet. He's a bad dude. And then, like, I th- there was like, I didn't realize it, but there's a comment right around this end part when you get the last spirit and you're trying to free Crystal. And he's like, I did all this to save Crystal or save her. And she's not even saved. Like, what was it all for? And I'm like, you saved a planet, asshole. Right. Yeah. This thing is like, he's there for the money for the most part. Until and the girl Crystal that he hasn't up. even met. He's very Nathan Drake mm-hmm. for the money and the girl. Which there's, I don't, I don't the, like that the, concept of Star Fox because there's like me, the line. Where he's like, I'm not getting paid enough for this, but I'll help you. 
Yeah. <laughs> Star Fox, I never knew. I never saw him as a mercenary. I saw him just as a soldier in when you think of Star Fox 64. Yeah. Which is the main game that everyone knows Star Fox for at this time. Because Star, there's Star Fox 1, Star Fox 64, and that was it at this time. Smash Brothers. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. Okay, that's where most people would have known Star Fox from. That in 64. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I never saw him as a mercenary. It just never something that went through my head. And it was kind of weird to see him as a mercenary like in this when you realize that's But you are right. He's a lot like Nathan Drake when you think about it now. But this is also probably the way they had to put Fox into the plot of the, of the story. Oh, good point. Like, OK, how do we bring Star Fox into this? How can we conceivably put this dinosaur planet game but have Star Fox in it? He's just in a different part of the thing. And then he gets a call to come to this planet. Yeah, yeah. And, it, just, yeah. it was stuff that I didn't even pay. I didn't pay attention to. I realized the way later on in the game, I just wasn't caring. I just thought it was just hilarious when you get the last Rizzo spirit and he's like, I did this to save her. Where is she? <laughs> or something. Like that. And then like it really makes Fox really close to Samus in a weird <laughs> way. Like okay. two bounty hunters and like a futuristic space series. It's weirdly an animal. Y- yeah. <laughs> It was just strange. And and then and then okay, then you get the real big plot twist of you find out that this whole time in the Krizoa spirit you're trying to like the statue comes to life and runs away. Like, oh I was using this and then spoiler, it's Andros. Because you killed Andros last time, so now he decided he found this planet and he was using general scales this whole time to get energy to revive himself into a giant head again. And I wonder if this was the same plot twist they had it's from the beginning. I highly doubt it. Highly, highly doubt it. I wonder if the original game you were meant to fight General Scales and that would be the end. I think so. Apparently, I think that would have been because that would have made sense from a story point. Like he, you know, he's the first villain you see. He's, mm-hmm. you know, been this big bad throughout the game. He's imprisoning people. He's doing all these things, and you find out that also like the spirit just leaves when he falls when he falls down, and then yes. his little soldiers just take him and take him with him. It made no sense. I also I, I know that like a, a build of Dinosaur Planet on, on Nintendo 64 had popped up recently ish. Like there is a beta out there that's like reasonably finished from what I understand. I wonder why they did that. Like, why don't you just let them finish the game and not like, you know, redo everything and port it or not port it, but make it for a new system. I mean, who knows how long Microsoft was in talks to have that happen? The, mm-hmm. the buyout because like they oh. were working in other GameCube games. Perfect Dark Zero, Cameo, Donkey Kong Racing. Okay, that's interesting. I wonder. Maybe this is the one that they were just further along with because it was an N64 game as well. Yeah, so they were allowed to finish it. Yeah, and it was also st- maybe also because it was Star Fox and then Microsoft wasn't getting that. <laughs> no, uh, Perfect Dark Zero is not a good game either. But no, like, yeah, it's just Andros and then you're just doing the, the R-Wing thing. Which was cool, but at the same time, like, you haven't used the R-Wing that much this whole game. And all of a sudden, now you have to barrel roll. Like, I didn't even know you could barrel roll in this game yeah. until then. Because the guy told me to barrel roll. I'm like, oh, I wonder. I'll try it. And it's a really hard fight, too. Like, it's yeah. long. Yeah. Yes. In that 2002, again, Metroid Prime does the same thing with a really, really long final boss fight. Like, for this, you at first, you had a statue shooting at you. And you have to shoot the statue three spots. You blow up those. Then it switches. You have to fight Andros's face. Then you have to blow up his hand. Then it switches back to the statue. Beat the statue again. Now it switches to Andros's face. Now his hands are doing something different. Shoot his hands again. Now Falco shows up wearing sunglasses in a different outfit and looks all cool and badass for some reason. And you have to wait till he gives you a bomb. He gives you a bomb. You shoot him. You shoot Andros in the mouth. And then you can shoot the brain. Then you repeat the cycle each time because you can't finish it in one cycle. But his brain lunges at you because how else can he attack you then? He doesn't. Well, he doesn't need your attack. He's already been attacking you. But yeah, I was just like, and you get health throughout the throughout the fight, but you get such little health. Right. 
which I didn't like. Like you have each heart tank has four spots and you get these little you get two silver rings per cycle that will fill half a heart if you get both of them. I just I'm like it should have been more health. I was really worried I wasn't going to finish this fight. I would have had I been playing this legit, too, because <laughs> this was hard. But I, I stuck a, I stuck through it. and I got good enough to be like, OK, I got this. But it was a God. I don't know Star Fox very well. It's not a, it's not a franchise that I'm super familiar with. It's also not a very big franchise. Right. You think about it because there, there are many Star Fox games. I don't think I was never a big fan of 64 because it was it just seemed cheap. Like, oh, I'm just like going through these stages and it's kind of arcadey. And then it's like, oh, I can guess I can go through some other ones if I do certain things. But like it as a kid, it's like I have Mario 64. I have Ocarina of Time. And like this Star Fox guy is supposed to be really huge and cool, too. But then his game is so small. He just it, it didn't. He wasn't a character that's ever stuck with me. But like having Andros show up at the very end is not a I feel like not a big surprise. It's just like Zelda or Gandalf always shows up or Mario. Bowser is always the villain. Like it's just that same trope. Yeah. Ridley but will I, always be there. Yeah, it, it just it, it felt unnecessary to have Andrew. I mean, it was like, OK, he's here, but it didn't need to be anything you want to say about that fight, Alyssa. You know, when I I didn't grow up playing Star Fox games and also when I like first played this game, I didn't even know who Andros was. So I was like genuinely <laughs> confused when he popped up and I'm like, who is this person? You know, so, yeah, I don't really have too many comments okay. on because, yeah, again, I didn't even know who he was. So I was so confused. <laughs> No, I completely understand. Uh, and for the record, this yeah, this is the third Star Fox game. We have Star Fox, Star Fox 64, Star Fox Adventures, and then we got Star Fox Assault and Star Fox Command, which I don't even know what the hell that is. That's like a weird RTS-ish game on DS, I think. Okay. it is. I know it's DS. I never played it. Star Fox 64 3D, which is just a remake of Star Fox 64, Star Fox Zero, which is unplayable, and then Star Fox 2. <laughs> Star Fox Zero is a very good game if they wouldn't have been forced to use terrible controls. Switch port. We got to make it happen. I would I wouldn't buy it, but because I don't buy switch games, really. But Star Fox Zero is very cool. But I mean, so, yeah, I'm the same way. I have I have no I had no history. I just was like, oh, Andros. OK, cool. Whatever. I was just annoyed that I had to do the R wing parts. I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I was annoyed. I don't like really long boss fights. This wasn't their boss fight where he had too much health and it bothered I'm me. I'm just trying to imagine, like, if Kingdom Hearts just ended with like, OK, you're going to fight the last boss in the gummy ship. Good luck. <sighs> I'm actually going back to Kingdom Hearts for the first time since 2003 or so. Later on the show, yeah. I And, I, and I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about going back to that. We're going to be doing that together, I believe. Oh, you're on that one? I thought okay. we talked about it, yes. <laughs> we probably did, and I just, my notes aren't pulled. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> There's too much stuff in my head. Kingdom Hearts in the brain now because of that. You keep bringing it up. You're making me think about it. I'm excited. To, I'm yeah. I'm reasonably. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to replay it. Yeah, you're on it. <laughs> I just don't All right. Any last things to say about for Star Fox before we go into comments, questions, and memories? I do have a bunch, and I'm sure we'll bring up um, stuff that we haven't mentioned. It's a very good game, and for those who are listening and haven't played it, you should play it on the GameCube. On the GameCube, and then you can hate yourself. <laughs> I don't think it's as good as Mario Sunshine or Wind Waker oh, or Metroid Prime. But, you know, if you go to, like, a B tier of good GameCube games, I think this fits in really solidly with, like, I don't know, some of the weirder ones, like Chibi Robo or, like, Odama. <laughs> Chibi Robo. Still never played that yet. I thought, Odama oh, I, I never you, played either. Oh, I thought you had a whole episode of Chibi Robo. Maybe that fell through. No, I was going to, but the guy that I wanted to do it with didn't want to do it because he already did it in some other show. Mm. So I've been waiting, and one day I'm going to bug him again to see if he's ready to come back when it's been enough years. Yeah, that's fair. I know who you're talking about, and I yes. want it to happen. 
But another like game, Nintendo, like Pikmin came out around this time too, and Pikmin's really good. The first one, mm-hmm. and Melee came out around this time too. I don't. When did when did and Sonic Adventure two also came out around this time too? Sonic Adventure was a Sonic Adventure two was a two thousand one game, both on Dreamcast, and then I, I think GameCube came came out in two thousand two. Yeah, but two thousand two, the Sonic Adventure two battle version came out, which yeah. is a great game. It is a great mm-hmm. game. Have you played it recently? Yes. Okay. My thoughts were not the same when I played it recently. But the Sonic Adventure two is a, is a true B game in that it's very cheesy and corny and wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Every game. Yeah. <laughs> I love that game. I unfortunately the didn't do it much. The whole moon plot is great. All right. I'm going to go to questions, comments, memories. I got a bunch. We'll start with the I watched the entire Orbit Super Replay. The first one from Sergio Silva Jr. is Crystal Hot or Not? <laughs> I had to start with that one, but uh, we don't need to answer that. <laughs> I just wanted to read that. And then the other one I got from Nick Daniel. This is the first console game I ever bought with my own money. I was 10 or 11. I had a great deal of difficulty with it as it was my first Zelda-style adventure game and the puzzle solving was way over my head. Thankfully, I had access to a GameFAQ guide, but the family computer was clear on the other side of the house. After running back and forth for a while, I decided to, to print what possibly wound up being a hundred over 100 single-sided pages before running out of the ink cartridge. I managed to get the backup cartridge in before reprinting all 100-plus pages again. I probably would have gotten away without much trouble except that I... Brought the whole stack to my parents, asking for staples for my newly printed guidebook. They took my new game away for a week and w- and wouldn't go back to beat the game for at least a few months after. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic! That's uh, I, I like that. And then from the official Laser Time community, you got a few uh, from Leonardo Chavez. I pured this game from Circuit City, and it came with survival kit with a roll of toilet paper with game tips on the sheet. A Fox McCloud car air freshener, a Jones soda, Fox fuel, and a doorknob tag. I still have it today with all items unopened. I didn't know Jones soda was around back then. Yeah, and he has a picture of it too, of it, of the toilet paper roll with the the hints, a little air freshener, like. Yeah, Jones. Dan Reichert still has a toilet paper roll of that. I saw somebody share that picture. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And now I know. <laughs> and he he put post a picture. Anyone's curious? If you're in that group, go look at it. It looks actually kind of cool. Like I, I wouldn't yeah. mind having this. But knowing me, I would have got rid of it when I moved all these different times or lost it. Mm-hmm. But it is cool. And from Matt Gibbons, this was the first game I played in my freshman dorm during my first year of community college. I remember getting frustrated at what I call the balance segment. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming the bar <laughs> thing, which is miserable. Yes. Yeah. From Jose Truk, it was an okay game. Strange, strange use of the of the Star Fox light license. Best water ever. The water I guess it's good water. Yes. Okay, from Jonathan Baverstock, I enjoyed the 10 to 15 hours I did play. I couldn't help wondering why couldn't they just make a game like the N64 one. And then, of course, the Namco Star Fox game came out, and I didn't even buy it. <laughs> Which is Star Fox Assault. What are you talking about? Yeah. Honestly, I think, despite this being the game that it was, this was the right move. Okay. I just, I was never a fan of Star Fox. I think this is a cool, interesting way to kind of change it up and make something different happen with it. I'll agree with that, because this was a cool game. Like, this is a cool game. It's just... It's stuck in 2002, and I'm going to keep saying that, but this was a really cool game. Like, I, I don't think it deserves the hate. I, I think it's no. one of those, you know, like the Wind Waker Zelda shit that was around <laughs> back in the day of like, it's it's kitty, it's bad. It's like, no, but Star Fox Avengers never had that critical reappraisal because it never got re-released anywhere or anything like which that. Is, which, in my opinion, is a crime. Like, this game should be re-released. Yeah, I think all was, Nintendo games should be, re- you know, especially yes. Nintendo published games sh- with the mascot characters should always be in circulation because people will buy them. You need a perfect combo pack is just put this and assault together because you have the, you have the assault game, you have the R wing stuff, but then you, if you want this, you can also play this. Okay. I agree with that. 
I'm actually going to play Assault later this year because I've never played Assault. I remember playing Assault briefly back in the day. It was different. I always wanted to. I just never got around to it. It was actually supposed to be on the show originally, but then I switched it out for Star Fox 64 after the, the, the co-host that picked it left the show. Mm-hmm. And I've been because I didn't have I couldn't emulate GameCube then. and I didn't want to go pick up a copy. So that's fair. <laughs> or play GameCube again. But that's neither here nor there. But I do want to play that game. All right. And from Andrew Harbour, I'm a fan. I enjoy the Star Fox universe. But for me, this is honestly the sequel to Jet Force Gemini. We never got. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have trauma with Jet Force Gemini. Never. I've never played it for more than like maybe an hour. I don't know the game very well. I 64 is a big blind spot for me. I, when I was five, I got an N64 with Pokemon Stadium and Jet Force Gemini. <laughs> that was not a game I should have played at five years old. Like, not because, like, it's a T game, but it was just so esoteric to me. I feel like if I went back to it today, I would just fall into, like, a time hole and still not understand anything about it. <laughs> I only played it because it was co-op back then. I did play a lot of 64. Just I, only, I played a lot of GoldenEye and Perfect Dark in 64 and Smash. Pokemon Stadium was miserable. I remember playing it. But and from Carrie Chandler, friend of the show, Fox Baddies, uh, which I did not hear ever, by the way, from J. Alberto Pinero. I love this game. I always felt like Fox was out of place in a 3D puzzle platformer in Dinosaur, but they made it work. It felt really cool getting one more member added to the Star Fox crew. And the dialogue was fun and not the gibberish from the SNES days. I got it. I got to sap through it, though. This game does my least favorite game. Group. The whole game is one play style. The last boss, a totally different game genre. Yeah. yeah. I agree. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. From Lee Hall. Here's a good one. Remember the GameStop clerk telling me it was just like Zelda when I was looking at it after playing it. I've never been madder than an employee recommendation. <laughs> I would have said the same thing. I would have been that guy. Okay. From game. I, I, I say the same thing to people now. I will be from game. Gabe Kleinhart. This was one of the clunkiest, slowest feels bad in my hands. This game I've ever played. People only like it because there was a severe dearth of Zelda likes at the time. Oh, jeez. Uh, from Cody Smith, it's the only GameCube disc I own for some reason. Friend of the show. Uh, Matthew Allen, I remember it being supremely mediocre. It wasn't terrible, but it got boring after a while. It's now probably only noteworthy for being such an odd use of the Star Fox characters. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think it's just a... I mean, I think I think it's a noteworthy game in general, because it's a Zelda-like, and it's, you know, you didn't have many at that time. The last Rare game. Yeah, that too. Alright, and this is the last group I'm going to read from. Nintendo GameCube enthusiasts, and I have some funny ones. Uh, first one from Aaron Brown. This is easily one of my top GameCube games. I vividly remember the damn village trials where you had to push the other guy in the hole. I had to control between my feet, scraping A so fast my mom thought I was jacking off the living room. Great game, and I would love to play it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. That was funny when I read that. From Stevie Foster. Definitely underrated. Star Fox fans usually don't like the game. I personally think it was a great game. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. From Jeremy Dotson, one of my faves. All right. From Carly Del Bosque. I think it's a very fun experience. I remember this game very fondly from my childhood because I didn't know how actual Star Fox games looked until years later. I played almost all 3D Zelda titles and their clones, such as Okami. I think that adventure is one of my top choices. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. From Ged Rebel. In my top 10 GameCube games, I don't care what anyone says. Still one of the best looking GameCube games graphically, too. That damn test of fear trial, though. Yes. Right from Todd Smith. I love this game. I was a little disappointed at first when I realized there would be minimal Arwing levels and Falco isn't part of the team anymore. But damn, I did enjoy it. And just wait for the final fight. If you're a Star Fox fan, then you'll love it. And that Dino Merchant guy is great. I'm not really a Star Fox game a fan. <laughs> uh, from Tom Strum, amazing Zelda game. Here's one I don't agree with from Zachary Foster. Beyond Good and Evil is the better version of Star Fox Adventure. No, that's what I said too. Beyond Good and Evil is a is a glorified demo of a game. I don't like Beyond Good and Evil. 
it has some cool stuff. It just never feels like it's a true game. It just feels like a demo. But you got Jamaican rhinos, man. <laughs> you got a fictional language here that you can listen to. I, I played Beyond Good and Evil once because people were, were so high on it. And I'm like, this, I don't like this. Yeah, I, I, ugh. I might do it someday on the show just to revisit it. But and, yeah. you know, we're never getting the sequel, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> we're never God. getting that game. It's the new long game of what 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 major game has been announced forever ago and still coming out. It's the Final sure. Fantasy 15 of the current era. And I'm going to read two more from Christopher Lowe. Spent a lot of hours on this one. To me, that's proof of a great game. And I did call this a Zelda clone when I did my post to ask for questions. And from Thomas Hawk, a Zelda clone, please don't be a clown. <laughs> <laughs> one, I meant it as a joke and a compliment. But I, I take it he did not mean that as a joke when he called me a clown, but it just made me laugh. I'm like, I, I, I get it. But this is a Zelda clone. It's not an insult. People, I think, take it when you say the word clone or lookalike that you're insulting something. I'm not. I'm just doing it as a way to describe something because Zelda is a much more known franchise and a style of game. than if you go on the block, and go, hey, this game is an adventure style game. Just where you go through a dungeon to be like, well, what? you say Zelda game, it might click better. Plus, I didn't want to type all that in Zelda clone. It's much easier to type. And work and got more responses, so it worked. <laughs> all right, then we should go to shelf stack or box. And Dominic, why don't you go first? Um, no, it's it flavors between stack and box. I'll say stack for now. Okay, and I'll go next. This game is gonna go in the box. I had fun. I enjoyed it. I'm glad it's done and off my backlog. But I never, never want to touch this game again. No, I, I go. Let's go box. I go box. Okay, box. Yes, <laughs> I just I don't want to. It, it's a good game. It's fun. It doesn't age super well. It's hard as fuck. Uh, I would play an HD version, I guess. If they did quality life improvements, like, you know, make me not fight the controller with the blaster and I can feel more like I'm take the same controls for the R wing and put them in the blaster where it feels comfortable. I'll be OK. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest problem with this game and fast travel. Let me warp back to areas I've already been to. Let me just warp to Cape Call. Let me just warp to, you know, Dinosaur Planet. Don't make me have to run all the way there. No. Yes. Respect my time. Respect the guy who plays a game every <laughs> single week because he's nuts. In some weeks, th- four games like this week. Respect that idiot. Uh, and Alyssa, how about you? I would uh, shelf means like, you know, you, would, you really like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you want to tell people about it and maybe make people put it on a podcast because you don't like them, apparently. Well, I I play this game all the time. Like I, if I don't know what to play, I will put this game on or Super Mario Sunshine, and I will just play it. Like I I can really get into this game no matter what kind of gaming mood I'm in. So yeah, I've played this game like plenty of times, and I definitely will play plenty more times. So yeah, definitely shelf. Okay, we also put put the disclosure: you never played Ocarina of Time yet either. Yeah, I have not played that. I started playing it because my friend Greg wanted me to play it. So I started playing it, but I haven't. I'm not even halfway through with it yet. And you're playing the 64 version? I, I'm i playing. Well, yes, I, I started playing it on the Switch. So whatever's. Yeah. yeah OK. 64. Stick with it. It's a. I mean, you're the best version is still the 3DS version, which I'm holding in my hand currently as we're talking. But you're still playing a good version of the game. Good. Ocarina of Time is a good game. Mm hmm. 3DS version fixes things and fixes the water temple in part where you can't fuck yourself. But I played it on the N64 on GameCube. I guess I can play it again at some point. I want to play Master Quest someday for this show. Ah, uh, yes. I already I did Ocarina of Time for episode 102, 103, somewhere around there. But Master Quest would be interesting. Yeah, I never played Master Quest, so I wouldn't mind someday revisiting that. But then I have to make myself play it, so we'll see. 
All right. And I think I should introduce what we're talking about next week. Next week, we're talking about Mega Man Legends 2 for PlayStation 1. <laughs> Is that a short game, Dominic? Or that can be another <laughs> long one? Did you like the length of this game? No. It might be even longer depending on how you play. Okay, but at least it won't make me have to save state every minute, will it? We'll see. Because oh, that's what, yeah, I got to start that very soon. Hopefully tonight. Fingers My crossed. Hopefully tonight. And I think that's everything I need to say on that. And oh, and I, first thing I do want to say before we get into plugs is we are starting the new Patreon poll for this month. And this month, because I've been debating on this all month, I did, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be either Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Venom, or Black Widow. Because it's a spider name, and I got nothing else for a fourth one. So you get to choose which one we're going to cover in in March for the Patreon poll. Yeah, really. So there's your there's your four picks. And there'll be a Patreon poll by the time you hear this already up. So go vote. Little's a dollar. Patreon. You see the you see the link. And Dominic, where can people find you at? Yes, I'm on the distant way. Yeah, the distant ways podcast on YouTube. I'm on the Overblood Facebook group. You can find me on Twitter at d a c i c h o c k i and. I'll be on next week doing Mega Man Legends 2. Yes, you will be. <laughs> and Alyssa, where can people find you at? On Instagram, my Instagram handle is Alyssa Billy, A-L-Y-S-S-A-B-I-L-L-Y. And that's pretty much all I'm on is Instagram. <laughs> that's fine, but you post all your perler art that you do, that you sell. Yes. And a store. So if you're in Minnesota, there's a store you can go to. I think what, Punch Out Gaming? Yes, Punch Out Gaming in Forest Lake. So if you don't live in this area, which is not most people listen to the show, probably, but hey, if you do, eh, someday. That's cool. I'm trying to get you one day that you should ship your art. You know, never quit your job and just do your art. Yeah, I don't I recommend that. But. To people, I do custom orders, so feel free to follow and message me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot you do custom orders. Yes, I do. Okay. And then if you enjoyed this episode, we only have one other Star Fox episode. <laughs> and as the person is still listening, there was somebody out there to ask me to cover Star Fox, I think, one Someday I will. It, it's it's been um, I've been meaning to do it for a long time, but then I have to play it, so it hasn't happened yet. But I just thought that was funny. That's what we haven't done Star Fox in a long time. But you can listen to Star Fox sixty four episode thirty two if you want another Star Fox episode. A long fucking time ago. <laughs> That's a short game. Yeah, it was, it was a good game too. Yeah. I miss I I should do. I didn't mean these to be all long. These both to be two long games right next to each other this week. This week. Aren't you playing a game in between them too? I'm playing multiple games in between them, <laughs> like an idiot. But we'll talk about that off the air. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and if you are looking for all the episodes, you can't find anything. Everything is on Podbean. Just go to Podbean. You can search and download them all and you can play them that way. Podcast Addicts, another way that we can get old episodes because Spotify and iTunes only go back so far. Um, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we're on YouTube. Only audio, but we are on YouTube if you get your podcast that way. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Half Theory. Follow her on TikTok. She made our music. And want to give a shout out to my buddy, Bill Tucker, who did all the MCU with me. Definitely go check him out and follow his show, Gamer Looks at 40. He does a lot of interviews, unlike this show. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm on there too sometimes, so definitely go check him out. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye.